0: The Inside Vegas Podcast on the Sports Gaming Podcast Network is brought to you by MyBookie. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gaming Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast. Even though the Super Bowl is over, they have every big fight for UFC, including three fights upcoming this month, and everything and anything to go on and wager. As always, enter promo code SGP50 for up to a 50% deposit bonus today. That's MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. Welcome into the Inside Vegas podcast. Today is Friday, February eighth, and obviously this one coming out a little bit later. Uh, certainly apologize for that for you guys. That was not part of uh, what was supposed to happen. Uh, having some technical issues over here, so apologies. You weren't able to have this uh, on your morning uh, commute in. Hopefully, um, this is at least on the West Coast going to be able um, to have this for your drive home. Hopefully, off your you know onto a nice weekend for you guys um for the show um really we're going to be putting a bow on the 2018-2019 nfl season um and just doing a little bit of recap we'll take a look at some first uh look of the 2020 odds for the super bowl kind of where some value lays all that type of stuff as we look to finally put a bow um on this season um some more housekeeping though Obviously, if you guys remember prior to the NFL season and, and college football season, we moved the show uh, days. We moved it from, I believe it was Tuesday back then, uh, onto Friday so that we could have what we had. is effectively the the freshest lines on, you know, recording on for Friday, um, it, it, latest in the week, so that we get you guys the, the most accurate info when it comes to college football and the NFL betting lines and, and everything with that. Um, with football being over now, we're going to move back to the pre, uh, you know, Pre and post football um, time slot for this show. So this show is going to be moving to Wednesdays, Wednesday mornings. This will be available for you guys uh, on your podcast app, iTunes, Spotify, all that type of stuff. Wherever you get your podcasts, um, Google Play Store, everything. So this will be on Wednesdays upcoming. This will be the last show uh, for the Friday time slot. Um, and so with that, um, it was a really. You pr- know, we look back at what this football season was and everything. Uh, first of all, I want to say thank you to everyone that has listened, um, reached out to me, subscribed, reviewed, all that good type of stuff um, to make the show what it is. Obviously, we just passed effectively one calendar year of episodes at the 52 mark. Uh, this is episode number 55. So cannot thank you guys enough for for all your love, all your support, um, all that type of stuff. And again, if there is anything else that you guys want to hear kind of for next football season, um, I know football is always king, despite, you know, baseball is will always have uh, a passion uh, space in my heart I understand the football content and football is what everyone wants whether it be college or the NFL so if you guys enjoyed the kind of different looks of different handicappers that we had on different styles to handicap games just different ways of looking at things whether it was the prop market or, or whatever the case may be um, if you guys want something different for next year please reach out to me um, or on the, you know, the SGPN feed or, or email or whatever the case may be reach out on Twitter at Christian Pina at the SGPN Network Um, all that type of stuff. And, and I will know personally, my goal for the show was to always get content that, you know, the regular gambler, uh, wanted to hear. And and that was really something I felt was missing in the space, um, was different ways to look at things. It was always the same group of guys on a podcast handicapping with just their style. And, And I felt like it was, it was nice to be able to bring something different to the space for a football season. Um, and so, um, that'll probably be the same plan for next year. Of course, there's only so many guys. I know I was writing solo some episodes, so you got just kind of my view on the week and everything. And hopefully it was a profitable football season for you. I have best bets you know, as a whole did very well for the show and, um, can't thank every guest that, you know, took the time out of their schedule to come on and, and talk a week of either college or the NFL, whether it was super contest or the upcoming slate. So thank you to every guest as well. And of course, thank you to Ryan and Sean for, for giving me this platform. i you know, branching out from, um, sports gambling podcast and, and writing on sportsgamingpodcast.com and, and you know, having this show and everything as the SGPN grows, um, with, you know, Colby doing the college experience, Billy is also doing a fighting show, uh, for UFC, maybe some, some WWE betting on there as he absolutely killed the Royal Rumble, uh, as, as I knew that he would. And, um, so, Again, can't thank everyone enough. And now that that stuff's out of the way, again, this show will be moving um, to Wednesdays. Um, so this will be the last Friday show. Um, when we, so let's, as we look at this kind of as a whole for what this, you know, 2018, 2019 NFL season was. And we're, again, we're gonna break down the Super Bowl and kind of do a, a little bit of a, a wrap party and everything. As we look at what this season was before we look at some future odds, um, as well as kind of what to expect, you know, effectively for the next month of of February for Inside Vegas and and our plans and everything like that. Um, As a whole, like February is a little bit bleak, right? There's what I affectionately or not so affectionately like to call it gambling winter. Um, Effectively now until conference tournaments, of course, March Madness, there isn't much to bet on Uh, UFC kind of takes hold. There's three events, um, basically eight out of the next nine events has some UFC stuff. So, uh, maybe we'll get into that a little bit. I'll do maybe a, a crossover show with Billy on, on UFC. Um, and of course the big one, uh, all NBA all-star weekend team Giannis versus team LeBron and, and everything that goes on with that. And of course we'll kind of get into March Madness as that conference tournament stuff, as that type of thing approaches. Um, one other thing I did want to say is if you were looking for, um, to try to, you know, Different things to bet on. Um, the episode from two weeks ago, when we did the break for the Super Bowl episode. Um, that episode, not much has changed when we broke down regular season college basketball betting with Jay Career. Um So if you are looking for, you know, maybe a, a regular season college basketball primer, now that football is, is done and you don't know what to do, you don't know what to do with your hands, um, you can go ahead and check out that episode from two weeks ago um, and, and get your, your college basketball kind of fix and, and what to look out for, for the regular season of college basketball betting. Um, but that'll kind of wrap that up. So let's take a look at effectively, you know, big picture, what this this Super Bowl means. Um, and as the single game sample size of this type of game of effectively what a lot of people are calling very boring. Um, I don't. I know some people have seen the Trey Wingo rant of effectively telling people to shut up. If you don't like it, don't watch it. Um, they, it's not a scripted show for your entertainment. It's, you know, two teams going to war. And look, I largely agree and I disagree um, with what Wingo was saying. It's not as if this was an NFL week. Um, this is a Super Bowl. This is the highest viewed event, I believe of the year or, or whatever it is. Um, and so while everyone is at Super Bowl parties, the casual fan, all that type of stuff, I mean, if you watch it, you pay a cable bill or whatever, however you get your TV, uh, you have a right to to voice that. And so just because it didn't, you know, I have an issue of the Get off my Lawn stuff, as you guys know. I think if you are in this space, you have an opinion and you can voice it, right? Hopefully someone will listen to you. A lot of times they won't, and the vocal minority largely are the ones to speak the loudest, whose opinion people don't care about. But that being said, look, did I find it boring? You guys know me. I'm, I'm more of an underbetter, obviously, with the props coming in the way that they did for, you know, last week's show with Monique and myself. Things, you know, obviously that was the type of game, especially in the first half, that we expected. Our, our biggest consensus play was second half being higher scoring than the first. So that type of game, you know, we love it. That being said, if you're not a gambler or you weren't, you know, on unders or you had the overs in that type of situation, of course, I understand that you're going to think that that game was boring. Um, it's just different things for different people, right? There's a reason why I'm something of an under better when it comes to, you know, football or, or baseball or whatever the case may be. And so boring type of games sometimes are my favorite type of watch. Obviously, if I had an over, I would be miserable with that game. So just depends on what side you you know you had in that so I don't fully uh, agree with Wingo um, in that basically saying you're an idiot if you think that game was was stupid and basically shot up if, if you don't like it don't watch so agree kind of disagree there but um, obviously look bearing the lead here Brady sixth ring. Patriots 13, Ramps 3. And again, a really boring, kind of slow paced Super Bowl. And when you look at what happened here, um, I think another reason that people are kind of so upset about this is truthfully, it's the gambler in us, right? Uh, obviously, the over was the public side. Brady under his completions, Brady under his yards. Edelman, I mean, uh, this was the best performance of a wide receiver I've seen in a Super Bowl since the Terrell Owens uh, Philadelphia Eagles uh, won, where effectively he played that game on one leg and likely would have won the MVP had they won that that game. Um, prior to that though, or before that, when we look at everyone's, uh, stats, I mean, really everybody going under, um, especially from the receiving side, Gronkowski was the other one to go over both receptions and yards. Nobody else had to catch. I mean, I know James White over six receptions was a huge play on just about everyone's, you know, on the public side. I do know a lot of professionals that really loved that under as it was so inflated and, and it's hard to catch that lightning again. Um. But I mean, one for five there. And so there just wasn't that. Ryan and Sean, when they did their Super Bowl recap show, really hit the nail on the head of saying this Super Bowl did not have a moment. It didn't have, you know, the the Atlanta one. Atlanta Super Bowl was Brady's uh, or Edelman's catch, the Philly special or, you know, Vinatieri's kick or, or as you go on, go on through the line. Most Super Bowls, at least, you know, exciting ones, have a moment you can point to and say that was the play of the game. Or, you know, That was a moment you'll remember member for a long time, this game really didn't have that. It was the Gronkowski catch uh, down the sideline on the left side that really, by and large, was the biggest play of the game. And there was a lot of little plays that I think people are, are really under. You know, underselling a little bit of how big they were in the sway of the game. It's just they weren't scoring plays. Matthew Slater made you know a couple unbelievable special teams plays. Uh, you know, high towers. You know, sacks. The interception to start. There, there was there was a lot of little moments that I think the casual fan may not have seen just how important that was. Um, so aside from the Gronkowski catch, you know, uh, down the sideline on the left side, that was really the the moment of the game. And this Super Bowl really didn't have that you know, prior or above that, you compound that with everyone on the Ram side, effectively, you know, going under their props as well. Goff 229, 19 to 38, no running game to speak of Gurley 10 for 35, CJ Anderson, seven for 22. Um, you know, it, when you look at cooks, stat line, that stat line of eight for one twenty is really not indicative of what new England was able to do. Um, you know, when I saw that stat line, I, I was really struck sh- shocked i didn't even under you know didn't realize that he had a catch for 120 yards woods of course five for 70 my boy mr six for 66 coming in cashing the the plus 700 on the 61 to 70 um you know exact yardage prop so take advantage of those things i'm happy that that one was able to come in and obviously gave that one out on the prop show last week with Monique but this just didn't it wasn't an exciting game and that's okay some it's again it's not a script despite what Um, losing bettors or, or the vocal minority would have you believe that the NFL is all fixed. It's not the case here. And so sometimes you're going to get a game that is less than what you would consider your ideal Super Bowl. But one thing I wanted to really bring up here of course, I mean, this, you know, it's for New England to be able to take the number one and number two highest scoring offenses in the NFL and back to back weeks, granted there was a buy-in there, and shut them out for four quarters of the first halves. Both first halves, I mean Kansas City, no points, Rams no points, and more importantly, Rams three points through four quarters. Absolutely incredible. And and Hightower really maybe the Unsung hero of that game. Uh, you know, maybe the I think there was a I don't know if he got an MVP vote. um, I don't even know how, kind of how they, they do that, but definitely the MVP on the defensive side, along with Gilmore's interception, but Hightower was all over the place. What a defensive game plan by Flores, who's obviously leaving, um, for a head coaching job somewhere else, uh, in Miami, I believe. And so, Unbelievable run for, for this New England team. And what I want to, you know, talking about this from a big picture, one of the things I want to talk about was when we had Suma on the show to talk about, uh, I believe it was the divisional round when it was Rams versus Saints. And I asked him, you know, who was, who needed this game more? you know, being McVay or, or being Payne, And I really, we both agreed that it was McVay needing that because he is the face of this new, uh, branch of coaches. Right. And so he needed this game, the saints game more to, to say that, you know, because if uh, the McVay people forget McVay was winless going into this game or going into this year's playoffs. And so he really needed this to not just be this, you know, quote-unquote flash in the pan um, and everything like that. And again, you guys know I've, I've always been on the train of, of fading first-year head coaches, fading first-year quarterbacks in their next step, whether it's their first playoff game, whether it's their first, you know, divisional round, Super Bowl, all that type of stuff. And, I mean, McVeigh even said it. He was terribly, terribly outcoached in this game. And not to say that that's, you know— Bill Belichick does that to a lot of people. Um, but I just feel like the, the Sean McVay brand uh, took a little bit of a step back, maybe more than anything. And so when someone asks, you know, who's the biggest loser out of this this game? I, in my opinion, it's Sean McVay, just because he has, you know, fair or not, he's looked at as the face of this new wave of coaches. And whether you think that that's, you know, the Big 12 style of of offenses that's coming into the NFL coupled with the rules change fair or not he's going to be labeled kind of the starter and um, I think that the jury is should at least be still out on what McVay has been able to do and again I nobody's proved me wrong maybe outside of Mr. Trubisky, more than Jared Goff and that speaks to what Sean McVay has been able to do um and of course getting to the super bowl with this team is is nothing to to sneeze at but you needed you know a what i would call a fluke play to get in there and look i was on the rams on that side uh, i'm not saying that play was was fair or or unfair or anything, it's just it is what it is. Uh, They needed some luck to to get here, uh, or the narrative would still be, you know, McVeigh can't get past the second round. Again, I I know it's so early, and he's taking these immense leaps and bounds, and he's so young at, whatever, 33. Um, It's just absolutely crazy um, that I think people are ready to anoint him, and I think the older guard is still going to have something to say about this, as Bill Belichick proved. The other thing I wanted to, to touch on is, is the philosophy, as we just said, of touching on the Super Bowl. You know, the NFL m- moving to more of an offensive league, right? When you look at this, I mean, thirteen to three. Uh, D, you know, the old adage is is certainly still true, and defense wins championships. And so it's. It's a very weird thing. And when you look at what these, the type of teams that play the best defense in the league, the Ravens obviously come to mind. I don't think you would put New England in that category yet. Here they are holding the, the best team in the league to three. Um, when you look at the teams that, that made it, the Bears, you know, did get a little, you know, had some misfortune in the playoffs for sure. But I, you're just not going to win a Super Bowl with Mitch Trubisky, in my opinion. And I, I don't know. It's going to be very interesting to see where this goes. As far as do teams start to at least put some more emphasis, because offenses are going to struggle. And when you, when you look back at this Kansas City team, um, of all people, it's Tony Romo who really hit the nail on the head, saying, speaking about you know how New England was just running all over them in the first half of that game. With Sonny Michelle, their rush defense was always this bad all year. Again, we, we, t- we talked about this at length every single DFS show when we would pick a running back against them. They were able to cover it up because their offense was scoring so many points that teams weren't able to run the ball because they had to effectively play catch up. And so... You're going to have times when your offense, you know, doesn't show up. And that Kansas City team, we'll talk about this a little bit when we talk about the the early odds for um the next year's Super Bowl. This, and again, this is what day five of the NFL offseason. So uh, I understand things can change in a hurry. Uh, but this Rams team, or I'm sorry, this Chiefs team is a lot further away, in my opinion, than people think, uh, just because of the defense. Now, again, they have a, albeit late first round draft pick coming up. They have all of free agency. Um, they did just fire their defensive coordinator and replace them. So they're doing things. Or they're going to have to do things uh, to fix this problem because you cannot win a championship in this league with that defense. And again, it, look at it. They were an offsides call away from beating New England. Um, they had you know multiple chances. Call it what it is, whatever you believe. Um, how the officiating went in that game, at the end of the day, that defense cost them a championship, um, not the offense that was shut out. In that second half, it was a very different type of uh, game so Kansas City's a little bit further away but it's just it's very interesting to see such a low scoring game in the super bowl uh in kind of what people how you know people around the the league will react to this when you look at the NFC AFC championship games uh 26 23 37 31 so scoring a little bit you know up and down throughout the playoffs as they go back to the divisional 31 13 30 22 41 28 20 14 I just don't know how people are going to react. I think it could be an overreaction that maybe this new wave of offense, offense, offense takes a step back as people look for defense, um, to maybe combat this, but certainly will be interesting. Um, when we talk about what this means, and of course, um, Brady and Belichick. I mean, uh, unbelievable six ring. Uh, everything has been said kind of at nauseum here. So I'm not going to go too much into that. But um, I mean, that kind of wraps it up. I mean, again, I, I know Sean and Ryan have, have kind of recapped this as well. And um, that's really it for, for what this game wasn't and what this game meant. I understand it wasn't everyone's cup of tea, but. That's, that's the way the cookie crumbles here sometimes. Um, let's take a look at Super Bowl early odds for next year uh, for the 2020 Super Bowl. Um, and just I'm going to point out some, I'm not going to go through every one, of course, but we'll go through some notable names, you know, starting with the favorite uh, and on down through the line. When we look at this, the, I believe the Chiefs, yeah, Chiefs at six to one. Again, all odds always, as always, courtesy of MyBookie.ag. MyBookie.ag is the official online sportsbook of the Sports Gameplay Podcast Network and the Inside Vegas Podcast. Enter promo code SGP50 for up to a 50% deposit bonus today. That's MyBookie.ag. You play, you win, you get paid. So Chiefs at six to one. As I just touched on, there is this team is a lot further away, I believe, than a lot of people. I think people are really masked by Patrick Mahomes uh, the way that people are masked in Green Bay uh, for what Aaron Rodgers covers up. We've seen time and time again, that Green Bay team is a three to four win team without him. Um, I'm not ready to you know say that about the Chiefs without Mahomes. But first of all, God forbid anything happens to Mahomes. They now have no speakable running back. Um, they can't address that in the draft because they're so depleted defensively Tyreek Hill and Kelsey. Great. This offense is going to be continued to be what it is. Uh, defensively, they're just not anywhere close. And again, this is day five of the NFL, um, They have a draft, they have free agency, they have the trade market, they have everything and everything at their disposal. Uh, but they're going to get what the 29th, 28th pick uh in the first round so they're not going to get a marquee talent and there's only so many draft picks to fix a defense coupled with free agency which um having a, a quarterback so low paid certainly helps in the mold of what seattle was able to do by putting talent around russell wilson but this chiefs team specifically defensively uh is just a lot further away than i think people like to think because they are so in awe of what pat mahomes is able to do um so certainly not in the six to one range at this point for me. After that, we have New England at seven to one, of course. Look, this is gambler's fallacy. It's been Patriots the last three. They've been to seven or eight straight AFC championship games. And some, for some reason, people still don't want to take a piece of New England. Look, I've said this time and time again. It's one of my largest bets of the year. Every single year. I like to go more on the AFC side for a reduced payout just because it's one less game. Um, to hedge against, because I'm a big, big believer in guaranteeing money. Um, it doesn't make sense why. Why isn't this the first bet in everyone's, you know, portfolio? Every single year to walk into at least you know a three, four to one AFC and seven to one Super Bowl. They've been to seven straight ASC and people are still looking to try to be the first one to call that the dynasty is over, that this, they're too old, Brady has to retire, Brady has to fall off a cliff, they have to leave. I understand that. But at the end of the day, if you want to make money, this has to. This is LeBron on the Cavs in the East, going to whatever it was, eight straight Eastern Conference Finals or the Finals five, whatever. Whatever the LeBron streak was, um, you know, in that same vein, that was one of my bigger bets. Every single time was Cavs. You know, I had to do you know Finals um, because Cavs were priced as they as I feel New England should be at like minus one ten. I just I understand the NBA is serious, and I've had this argument with a lot of people. It doesn't make sense when every single year the outcome is the same in the AFC, but the Patriots are, are not being priced as how LeBron and the Cavaliers should be. And I understand LeBron's not Tom Brady's age. Prove me wrong. I'm happy to give you you know money back if I'm wrong here. You know, speaking of Vegas, um, so it doesn't make sense that they're priced this high for whatever reason. People love to bet against New England yet they don't like making money on New England. Turn yourself into a Patriots fan for the year. I'm telling you, it, it's a very good, it's a lucrative train to be on. Makes no sense to me. Um, it, It's one of my first bets every single year. Um, After New England at seven to one, I think we have a couple of eight to ones here. Yeah, Rams and Saints, both out of the NFC at eight to one. Um, Look, this Rams team is obviously, uh, you know, we just touched on them at length. McVay. They had a lot of one year rentals that I don't think people really understood. you know, people thought of them as this young up and coming team. Um, and they certainly are. They are very young. They just had a lot of one year rentals, you know, Nanamik and Sue, a ton of pieces on the defensive uh front. What is going there's a lot of more questions about this team than people realize. What is going on with the health of Todd Gurley? Is there a frayed relationship between Gurley and McVeigh? Is C.J. Anderson going to be able to repeat what he was able to do? Um, Can Brandon uh, Cook's body continue to hold up? There's a lot more issues, and not to mention they are now finding themselves in the category of Super Bowl hangover. I've said this on past podcasts. The loser, besides New England, New England does not apply to this trend because they're New England, although they technically did this year because they went under their season win total. The loser of the Super Bowl went under their season win total the next year seven out of eight of the last years besides new england um new england largely went over every single year um but again losing the miami game is what what killed them on their season win total this year depending on what number you got i think there's mostly 11 and a half out there at open and then went up to 12 so i think just about everybody lost on that one um but again, loser of the Super Bowl. So the Super Bowl hangover is, is very, very real. And I think that there's potential for this team to take a big step back and will most likely be a team I'm looking to short if they are priced the same way and kind of how that I expect them to be, which the odds of Super Bowl would tell you they're going to be you know priced as one of the highest teams uh, from a win total perspective that I look to short. Uh, there's a lot of questions there and people aren't talking about it. Uh, when it comes to the next one of Saints look the the Drew Brees window this was likely it and that is a crushing crushing defeat There are some very young pieces on this off on the offensive side Kamara, Michael Thomas, um Ingram's still relatively young um and defensively I mean they came together they they really started playing better football um they just I mean it is what it is they got screwed and that is a hard way I don't know if you saw Brees at the Pro Bowl and everything all the Saints players they um That's a tough one to come back from, man. It it really is. And I just... That window is certainly closing on Breeze. But much like Brady, he's going to prove me wrong. Or, you know, he he has to prove that he can't do it anymore rather than me waiting for that shoe to fall of, you know, Breeze or Brady um, not not getting it done just because they're getting up there in age. Uh, So... It's going to be very interesting to see how those two teams react. Uh, talking about the Saints and the Rams at eight to one. Um, one I really, really wanted to talk about, which I believe is the next favorite, uh, is fourteen to one for Chargers. Uh, much like you know, I think this this Chargers team has the opportunity to be something of the the AFC version of the Saints in that you know. Rivers Breeze comparable, uh, the weapons around somewhat comparable. Um, the window's closing for for Rivers, right? But that defense is legit. Um, so they certainly were the public side, public dark horse in the AFC. They just ran up against New England, and, and that will happen if you play in the AFC, much like, again, LeBron when he was in the East and, and all those teams that maybe could have had a chance. Um, people forget they had the same regular season record as the Chiefs. Um, they just have to shed that ability that uncanny ability to drop big games, so if they can change the culture there, they have all the talent in the world mike williams is is certainly you know a stud, Keenan Allen, of course, Melvin Gordon, who's about to get paid, so all of those things um the co favorite or co uh whatever team at fourteen to one is the Steelers, and I really want to talk to talk about this team because people are constantly talking about how the Patriots have to draft the heir apparent to uh Tom Brady. This team is going to fall off a cliff so quickly once that happens. People don't even talk about the Steelers. You know, Brady is not out here saying I almost retired every year. He's saying I'm playing till I'm forty-five if the team will have me. Big Ben on the other side, virtually retiring every off-season, and behind them is Josh. Behind him is Josh Dobbs, Antonio Brown, likely gone. No Levy on Bell again. James Conner certainly fell victim to that workhorse role and stumbled down the stretch defense up and down as it always is this team could take a huge step back of course if ben retires but why people aren't talking about their why they're not drafting a quarterback is beyond me and of course the free agent market always out there for for everyone um but they need to find an heir apparent to ben roethlisberger i would say more you know, quicker than new England does for needs to for Tom Brady. Um, I know one is, you know, Brian Hoyer versus Josh Dobbs, but that situation in Pittsburgh has an opportunity to go really South again, no Antonio Brown, most likely, of course, no Levy on bell again, Juju stepping into that number one rest of those options. Aren't really what you remember, uh, of this high flying Pittsburgh team. And if God forbid Ben Roethlisberger, uh, Retires or, or whatever, this team is not is going to be bad a lot quicker than I believe New England would be, even without Tom Brady. Again, pending Bill Belichick stays there. Last one I want to talk about, uh, Packers at 16 to 1 is something of a joke. This that is might as well say Aaron Rodgers at 16 to 1. They know they're gonna get Packer money because of Aaron Rodgers, um, and they can hang whatever they want. Do not bet that number. That is Pure Aaron Rodgers love in the books fishing for it. Um, that is a four to five win team. Uh, and they're not getting much better. New head coach to break in. No running back. Uh, I mean, a couple good wide receivers, things like that. But nobody, you know, Devontae Adams having a career year. Allison, there's, it's the same old story in Green Bay. And they have a lot of issues as well there. Um, the next couple I want to talk about. Cowboys 16 to one. Frankly, you're not winning a Super Bowl with Dak Prescott. Eagles 20 to one. A lot of issues there with Foles as well. Ravens 20 to one. This is the one that makes some sense to me here. Colts at 20 to one. When you look at what Andrew Luck was able to do, and again, I know it's a short one season sample size, but I can attribute the first four to eight games of of rust uh, for him. Much, there is not a player who does more for a roster, again, maybe outside of a Russell Wilson or Aaron Rodgers uh, than what Andrew Luck means to that team. And, and we saw this last year, of course, how bad they were. Um, so as long as Andrew Luck can stay upright, stay healthy with a nice uh, a nice draft and, and, and some free agents, Colts could certainly make some noise, um, f- you know. Against the Patriots in that division, a couple more I'll throw out there: Seahawks thirty to one, Falcons thirty to one, Browns at twenty to one. Have fun with that. Jaguars, how the mighty have fallen again, forty to one, um, and and everything really on down through the line um, upwards at two hundred to one for Cardinals, Dolphins again. All that's my courtesy of mybookie.ag. Um, but again, that'll that'll kind of wrap up the show for us here, guys. Again, I'm sorry this one was out late. Um, we have, we'll have, do a gambling winter survival guide show for next week, so we'll have on um, some movie guys, talks, talk about your best ways to kind of get through this break in gambling, of course, and the February gambling guide is up at sportsgamingpodcast.com if you're looking for all things uh, upcoming to bet on Daytona 500, All-Star Weekend, Dates, Times, all that type of stuff available online. Um, and again, wraps up the, the what was a, a pretty good football season uh, for the show. Um, so cannot thank you guys enough, um, and we will talk... Next week, please, as always, rate, subscribe, and review. We will talk next week on Wednesday, guys.